Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 248. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I'm feeling a little energized this week. I think it's uh, I think it's the impending holiday coming up, long weekend. Going to get some sun. People are going to enjoy summer. While I don't like summer generally, the way I look at it, once we get to summer, the next solstice is the winter solstice. Boom. It's kind of... It's like the that's, countdown, right? It's getting to it. Yeah. And you know, everyone's excited. Memorial Day, summer, blah, blah, blah. Halloween. That's our Memorial Day. Yeah, that's right. It's our Memorial Day. Halloween. But definitely need some time off. A little R&R. &R. The weather up here in the Northeast is going to be kind of lousy, which I will tell you, I'm kind of excited about. I want to just take some time, chill out, take care of some stuff, embrace the bad weather. Mm. It's going to be all good. Dude, I'm down here in Tampa, and I got—I gotta say, it's been fantastic for like three weeks. I'm like, I want a bad weather day so I could just sit home and do nothing. It had been really nice the last. We haven't had rain in a couple weeks till actually Wednesday, yesterday when we did an interview, oh, wow. which is the main topic. We had we had hail and everything last night, and Damn. thunder and lightning, and it was really hot. And then it cooled everything down. But that's good. It cools everything down again. Yeah, we had a great interview yesterday. We chatted with the folks from Paradise Skis, who are a, a new ski company. Last year was their first season. They're based out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, so we'll talk to them in a little bit. And we think you guys are really going to enjoy the interview. They got great that's energy, fun. great vibe, uh, really nice people. And they're putting out a cool product. So yeah. you got to love that. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Follow us on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Untapped. I got to be honest. I have not been posting much on the socials. I, I've been horrible at it too. We really need to retune, I think, figure out a new plan for the socials. We so we get some... off of our ass and do it is the problem. Well, it's the summer content. You want stuff, you know, you want to post, obviously, but you also want the whatever you're posting to be something that people actually want to take a look at and not just post for posting sake, because so many people just post so they can say they have this many posts, which exactly. know, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm looking too hard, like too deeply into it. Maybe just, we should just post whatever every day. I know my last good post was that Chuck Norris water. I got to say that was it. Chuck Norris water. Like I like, I mean, I always post whenever we, we launch a new episode and I usually do some sort of like funky art for it. I liked the, uh, the tour to pharmacy one that did two of us. Yeah. That was awesome. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And the one last week with the snow gun connected to the porta potties was pretty funny too. Yeah. Yeah. Trying That's to keep, awesome. but I just, we just need more stuff to post. And if you guys have any tips and you want to be like, guys, just post clips of the show or just post pictures of skiing, we'd love to hear your feedback. So I got to start up. posting more pictures of my dog. I just haven't because um, he needs a good grooming. He needs his first Boy. grooming. So, yeah. Start Send doing us that. The, yeah, skibumpodcast at gmail.com if you have any tips for us. Also, if you want stickers, it's summertime. You know, you got coolers. You got surfboards. You got bikes. Yeah. Hit us up again, skibumpodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. That's the way to go. We have mugs coming soon. We got mugs coming. They were talked about. They're in transit right now. They should be up on the website next week skibonpodcast.com slash shop I sent you some pictures for the site I don't know if you can use them or you can take new ones yeah and the videos use them. the videos too I'll post that all up there the videos kind of cool right that's you should have post 
post that on Instagram. God damn it. I'm going to do that. See? I'm going to do that tonight. There you go. Look at that. It's going to be there. Yourself. So you're going to actually have seen the video of the mug already before this podcast comes out. So well, two like mugs. time two is inverted. Videos. There's two videos and two mugs. It's like time is inverted now. It's like you're from the future and this is the past you're listening to. Yeah, that's right. A little inception-ish going on here. <laughs> yeah. And I guess what else? Subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate it. This is almost ski season and we're going to help you get through it the way we know how. We're experts. We're professionals. We've done this for five summers now, this podcast. So we'll help you through summers. it. We, we'll take your hand. We'll get you through it. It's going to be okay. And if you have a new product or an idea for marketing, let us know. We, we could always use sponsors. We've had good feedback. We usually do well by our sponsors. So it's worth it. Yes, you can you can spread the word with us. That's what we help do. So right. thank you everyone for listening. We really do appreciate it. And Mario, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. So, so you have a mystery beverage. I hear cooler is being opened up. Yes, I got my Something little sightings coming out. It's like a lunchbox. It's a little lunchbox because the cooler was a little too much. I was like, I'm looking like a little alcoholic with that. And I lost <laughs> like the, you know, the tiny little um, Playmate cooler that I had. Yeah. I don't know where that went. <laughs> I lost it somehow. Um, Probably one of those homeless guys. Yeah. Took it. Next, next to his mattress. Mm. Guys, you're a little Playmate cooler right there. Fuckers. So I just got a lunch bag and I'm using that. So that's, that's a little more reasonable. Only holds yeah. a few beers, you know. A lot of ice. I actually um, have more ice packs in my cooler than I have beers. Yeah, I got. I, I like got, my beers cold. I have a collection of ice packs, and I'm like, I got to clear this out one day. But then I'm like, well, if I need ice packs, I don't want to be short. So I got some from Amazon. There. They were like they came flat and with some powder and a little funnel, and you poured water in, and you made your own ice packs out of it. Really? And they worked really well. Yeah. Nice. That, and I also have some of the Yeti ice ones. So. Ooh. That's fancy so got, ice. So I'm all about keeping things cold. That's fancy ice right there. That's how I do things. Absolute nice. Yes. <laughs> all right. So this one is get my uh, my glasses on here. Oh boy. To inspect this can a little bit closer. <laughs> so this is a another one from a special brewery that Brian likes a lot. Oh boy. So, um, up north, up north, let me look up. I want to look up the deets on this. Okay. Is it in Massachusetts? Uh, no, Vermont. Yes. Okay. Lawson's very close, very close with Lawson's alchemist. It's close to, it's close to where I've been <laughs> grabbing the beers from. Okay. So it is Burlington Beer Company. Okay, back to the BBC. Back to the BBC. And this is a special one. This is, I guess, semi-rare to find. Um, it got a... Let's see. Well, that's untapped. Let me go to the... Um, beer Advocates using my, my jam. <laughs> You can't keep switching between two different ratings because it's like, you know, I got used to the rating for one, so I want to, you know. One tap does one to five, while your advocate does one to ten. 
Right. So this beer got a 93 outstanding. Um, they're saying it's hard, you know, not that easy to get them. Uh, it's a rotating seasonal. So they do have it, but it's, you know, you got to look at it, look for it when it comes out. Um, it is a New England IPA from Burlington Beer Cap Company, 6.5 ABV, 30 IBUs. Um, it's called Creatures of Magic. Whoa. Is that like, uh, what the hell? Is that like, um, Cthulhu on there or something? It looks a little Cthulhu-ish. You got Sasquatch. That is an awesome can. Very cool. And it has purple. You like you like the purple. I am a man of purple. Creatures of magic. Creatures of magic. So it's a New England uh, style uh, IPA. Um, And you got to find it when you can. So get it while the getting is good. And they change. They usually have. I'm trying to think if that's Cthulhu. It's almost like a Cthulhu or somebody blowing like some magic or something like that. I don't know, but they change the can every year. It looks like just a little this year. It's like purplish. I guess they've had it reddish and tealish before, but I'm having it out of the very lovely. Right enough glass. Nice. Nice. I got the, uh, the girl with the tiger lady, tiger lady. <laughs> um, Ah, oh, smells really delicious. Ah, damn, it tastes good. It is not super hoppy, so which is good. It's a little sweet, uh, not too sweet, but has like a a little sweet flavor to it. Okay. Um, definitely not like super super hoppy, so it's good. It's not a palate killer. Um, let's see what the tasting looks in this. Yeah, I get a little tropical fruity, um, but a little bit watery for like an IPA, you know, fruitiness, uh, kind of like a little bit of an orangish peaches, peachish flavor. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is definitely drinkable. You can crush this, <clears throat> nice. crush a bunch of these. Um, yeah, real good. A little bit of haze. A little hazy. Yeah, not too bad, though. Not, not too, too much. Bad. Yeah, not a super funky haze. Uh, this is really good beer. I like it. Nice. So I could see how it got a, a 93, which is an outstanding. So, yeah, very That's cool. That's pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah, they. I got to say, all the beers I've had from there is... Um, they're unbelievable, right? They're really good. Like, it's so good, that that brewery. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get some without having to travel up there, Brian, you use the same method. A little expensive, yeah. but you could probably just take a weekend trip up there, right? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. And again, I'm, you know, I, I get up to Connecticut a lot, so it's kind of a, as a jumping-off point. It's not too bad. To yeah, make it a little further up. I'm sure there's got to be some stores that carry it, right? Carry Burlington beer. Um, I don't know how far their distribution is. Well, is there a craft beer seller near where you go? Because they might carry it. That actually, I do not even know. I have not looked into that. I would check because they're like, and the best part is they have, you can look at the stock in a particular place. Mm. I wish we were getting sponsored by craft beer sellers, but you know, I don't even get free shipping with them. That's the part that sucks is the shipping. Unbelievable. 
Do they even know who we are? Uh, I wrote a letter to them and I got no response. <laughs> or I think they said thanks and that was it. <laughs> I was like, good day, sir. Give me free shipping. Come on, man. Something, anything. Just some a sticker. Give me sticker. <laughs> sticker. I'm fine with a sticker. You know what pisses me off more than anything? You go to a new brewery and they charge you for the stickers. I know. That's what actually the fuck. I actually judge places whether they charge you for stickers or not. It depends if the sticker's worth. Like if it's a really ornate sticker, really high cost. I'm like, okay, I could see 50 cents or a donation. The cool thing to do is I've seen some say, uh, recommend a donation a buck. Great. You don't have to give a buck, but it's really nice. cool if you did. Yeah. Really cool if you did. You know, I like that. But yeah, I hate the, oh, you got to pay for him. They're like, come on, man. Like, dude, I'm I'm, you're going to be doing free advertising for me if you take right. the sticker. Or if I buy a hat or a shirt, like, give me a bunch of stickers. Like, don't make yeah. me pay for him, too. That sucks. It's a bad move. I, I hear you. All right. Well, so speaking of good moves, I've talked about it a lot in the last year that my summer style beer that I like is a Kolsch style beer. Mm. And I recently went to local brewery by me, Kane, and I saw they had a Kolsch available. So I was all over it. Nice. I picked up a couple four packs and the one I have right now, it is called Porcelain Saucers. Nice. It's a Kolsch style ale. It's pretty light drinking, tiny bit of like lemony flavor to it. A little, maybe, maybe a little tropical at the end. Super light. I mean, it's like a 4.8. It's a nice, like very drinkable lawnmower beer, which nice. Again, trying to drink more of these. I love these in the summer. And I did find out because I think I may have said in the past last summer, my summer beer of choice was the river horse watermelon Kolsch watermelon season 4.1%. So drinkable. You can have like the whole six pack and like still drive your kids to soccer practice down the, was, down the street, right? <laughs> down the street. <laughs> Love that. And for the, I went to their website like a month ago, no word on it. They are like no. the worst company. Like they are like the stupidest company river wow. horse brewing. I had to go to like their face. I went to their website again today. No, no indication this beer even exists. Wow. They're like, Oh, this beer is coming in March. I'm like, like are you serious? So Jeez. I had to keep investigating and I went to their Facebook page and I found that they are, they released it last week. So I think maybe like, you just got to get the number and call them up. But like, Hey, how's it going? That makes a huge difference. You call them up like, uh, you'll get, you get free stuff for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should call them up and be like, hey, do you guys have this? Yeah, maybe they will send me like a, you know, a case or something. But speaking about watermelons, there's a magical time. Today's a magical day because we cut our first watermelon today. Dude, I ate Split the first melon. I ate a third of a watermelon today. Nice. I ate so much. It it's ridiculous. like throwing out the first pitch in baseball. It's like I you, went, you split the watermelon. Today, it was just a really nice day. It was like 75. It was sunny. It wasn't too humid. Nice. Went for a run. I haven't gone for a run in months. Wow. I went 3.1 miles. Thought I was going to die. Nice. Got home and I was like, I'm drinking water and I'm like dehydrated. I just feel like, again, feel like I'm going to die sweating. I was like, and you know what I did this morning? Because my son woke me up at 5.55 this morning 
and I'm downstairs with him making his breakfast. I cut up the watermelon on the counter and I put it in the fridge. So it's cold. So Uh. after my run, I just ate this, you know, like those large black to go containers, like the clear top. Yeah. I had, that was like the leftover that didn't fit in the giant tub of what I cut up. So I ate the whole freaking thing after the run. And I just felt hydrated. I felt happy. It was just it's like an IV infusion, right? Pretty like, much. Pretty much. Watermelon IV. Pretty watermelon IV. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And you know what? Before I found out that the company is making that watermelon beer again, I was going to put watermelon juice into this beer. Oh. Much to the chagrin of every single beer drinker on the planet. Like, like are you serious, bro? Like, what is you it? You cut uh, a nice a few curated. Remember they did the uh the 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 firewood that was oh um, god yeah the uh was like bespoke firewood or um, right get a few bespoke peat cubes of watermelon and put it in your beer Mm -hmm. perfect perfect little top i like i like this beer but i like the watermelon one better it just it just works nicer i just yeah i'm excited they're gonna have it though i'm gonna probably have it a couple times this summer on the podcast i might just drive around all the time drinking those because again they really it's they're so light they're so easy to drink they're you know what i gotta look for like in the summer the sculpins all would come out with the flavor and that damn pineapple sculpin would come out and it's delicious i I think i drank it for like i think one whole summer i that's i kept drinking it that's um pineapple sculpins yeah ballast point i'll see if they're making those yeah i'm sure they are because they're owned by some fancy big company now i know everybody sells out so they're like yeah it's not in the mix we're making seltzers now so well we're that's not gonna make it that's what everyone's doing now right everyone's making their seltzers even the local breweries like here in the tampa area they're all making seltzers and i'm like i don't blame them that's what's selling what do you want to lose out your business to some chumps making seltzer make a shitty seltzer too <laughs> because it's got to be so much easier than beer too yeah you know i wonder you know i Magnify's guess that's a, is making it i remember seeing yeah. that didn't i send you that yep hey, yeah they're getting Magnify. in why would you let someone why would you let your customers go down the road when you just make a shitty shitty uh thing for them <laughs> as well right <sighs> gotta do it just gotta do it. it see they have yeah. their regular sculpin which i like but i like the that pineapple sculpin it's like yeah. your watermelon Kolsch. Watermelon Kolsch. Yeah. What's the other white, one? Uh, the white 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 watermelon. That was a wheat beer. It's just, I don't like yeah. wheat beers. I like it, but I don't like it. Like, I like the flavor, but then I'm like, I just don't like wheat beers. That wheatness at the end. Yeah. I could do that. That's again, that's why the I like the Kolsch. Wheat. The wheat. It's wheat. But yeah, the Kolsch's are a little more malty, a little bit hoppy. But yeah. Light. So I think it's a, a nice style of beer for the summer. Yeah. I'm not a big wheat beer guy. Um, Hefeweizen's wheat beer, isn't it? Gives me the winds. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know me too. Maybe I'm weed intolerant. There you go. I'm wheat beer intolerant, doctor. Are you allergic to anything? Yes, wheat beer. Wheat beers. <laughs> wheat beer and shitty skiing. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my well, allergies. That is a perfect segue. Let's go to ski news. Interesting right. stuff happening right now in the ski world because 
as we are transitioning from spring into summer in North America, the Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere is switching from fall to winter. And down in New Zealand, apparently they don't call them ski slopes. They call them ski fields. And it's not as steep. No joking. Perhaps, perhaps. They say ski fields could open early as Queenstown, Wanaka accommodation near fully booked. Some New Zealand ski fields are considering opening early as local bookings and promising snow conditions predict a bumper season. Accommodation providers around New Zealand ski fields are predicting busy ski slopes with some areas showing double the interest on pre-COVID levels. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Rental companies show bookings from inbound Australian skiers along with strong domestic demand has led to some areas being almost fully booked. According to a holiday home manager's buck care, properties in Wanaka are already at 85% occupancy compared to 72% in 2019. That's pretty crazy. You know, people are like, there's pent up demand. People want to get out. They want to travel. So, yeah. They're I saying you, New, New Zealand's on my list of places to go because I heard it's gorgeous, like summer or winter, like beautiful place, but supposedly get dumped on. We talk about it every year. Yeah. They're saying that Queenstown's Coronet Peak is considering bringing its opening day forward by a week to the 12th of June if conditions allow. That's uh, in a few weeks. We got to book our tickets. Two weeks. Mount to get visas to go there, dude. You probably they weren't letting anybody in during COVID, right? Wasn't that how they kept things kind of low? Their numbers so low, they weren't letting anyone enter the country. I wonder what's going on. I worked with a guy whose wife was from she was from New Zealand, and he would go back with her to visit. And he's like, "It's a long ass trip. Like, you got to take like three weeks. Just just do as long as you can." And he would go and. And he was the one that told me, and then I looked it up, that like, you're only allowed to go there for so long and then you have to leave. Like, they don't want you just going and staying. Like, they don't want you to hang out because everybody would hang out and stay because it's really nice. Otherwise, you get Florida, right? That's, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't need to get a job. I'll just hang out. That's the move. Yeah. So New Zealand could be a pretty exciting place to get some skiing in next few weeks. <sighs> get your Mega Millions ticket. You could make it happen. Yeah, we could work something out. We get some lawyers, do do a bunch of stuff. Get a guy. Got a guy, got a guy. All right. This following suit with that. New data suggests record season for New Zealand and Australia ski resorts. There's a study analyzing uh, Google search data trends, and they're saying maybe a brilliant season for Australia, and just like we spoke about in the last article, New Zealand, with many uh, major ski destinations receiving more than 100% increases in pre-COVID levels of search popularity. 100% growth. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? We Are Snow is, uh, I guess they're a ski training operator. They actually did the research piece and they looked at Google, Google search popularity in the Southern Hemisphere's major ski resorts over the past year and compare it with previous years. And that's how they came up with the trends. And they're just seeing like Threadbow was more than a hundred percent. It was almost like tripled. 
And I'm wondering, I know Threadbow is part of one of the big passes. So I'm wondering if that somehow is playing into it. Cause I thought Threadbow was part of. They're on Icon. Icon. Thanks. So I'm looking it up now. I'm just wondering too if some of these, uh, Mount Hotham, Mount Butler, Perisher. I know Perisher is part of one of them. I thought Mount Hotham was part of one of the other ones. Uh, and they're all just doing like crazy amount of interest. I'm wondering if this is not just, you know, COVID and the amount that they get a shit ton of snow, but maybe a result too of some of these passes. Yeah. Uh, Icon has Threadbow, Mount Buller in Australia and Coronet Peak in New Zealand. Oh, Coronet Peak, The Remarkables and Mount Hut or Mount Hoot. I want to call it Mount Hoot. Mount Hoot. Mount Hoot. So almost all but one of those are on the list of top, whatever they have here, eight, yeah. eight or nine, which is crazy. It, it's crazy interesting, crazy amazing. You know, it's, uh, this is where using data for good may, may help out, you know, people with their planning, but yeah, well, they're like, saying, this is like how they choose the variant of flu shot. We get in North America based <laughs> on the Southern hemisphere, Australia's flu varietal here. They're kind of flipping that around. Yeah. So saying Threadbow, one of Australia's premier ski resorts, I guess it's the big one, had a a massive 172% increase in searches compared to pre-COVID levels. 117 plus uh, search, uh, thousand searches for the resort in April, uh, highest ever recorded up from 43,000 compared to 2019. So that's a huge jump of just people searching and trying to find out more about it. If people really wanted to, couldn't they just fudge these numbers too? Oh, yeah. You can <laughs> fudge any numbers you want. As we've just, seen from our past elections, you can make any... Just, just put some like bot on there and have just like hit that same like search like 50,000 oh. times a day. Right. You can get actual people hitting a button in like China or India. You pay pay clicks. Like there's there's a bunch of stuff you could do for this, but... It's that or people like... I almost died of COVID and I didn't learn how to ski. He's like, this is the year I remedy this. (laughs) That's awesome. They actually started looking for trends around the rest of the world. And they're saying Whistler, Canada's largest ski resort, interest remains 22% down on pre-COVID levels, but has recovered 58% year on year. That's because right now Americans can't get into it. Right. That's probably a big Uh, part of it. Zermatt, however, has seen a 9% increase you know, it's all over the place, but it's definitely changing. Something's changing. I don't know if it's COVID, post-COVID, pre-COVID, if it's, well, people had nothing to do during COVID. They're like, let's see where I want to go skiing after COVID, past sharing. Like, who knows? It's very Yo, interesting. Yo, Lovid. Yo, Lovid. I got the COVID and I got the Yo, Lovid. Lovid. Right? That's right. Speaking of YOLO. And what can happens if you YOLO? Jackson Hole tree stump prevails as judge rules ski lawsuit off piste. Mm. So this story, this is from a couple of years ago, Standish versus Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. Now I know our buddy Nick sent this to us, and I remember just getting like two paragraphs in and <laughs> just that being like Standish? Good. No. <laughs> I don't know so why here, that popped into my head. That's the only Spanish I know from history. Yeah. So what happened here is uh for, well, one of the first things I saw was California couple. I'm like, all right. 
and they sued Jackson Hole because in January 2017, Thomas Standish and his fiance now wife, Megan Kiter Standish, vacationed at Jackson Hole as part of their bucket list. They arrived. So shouldn't this be Karen versus Jackson Hole? <laughs> pretty much. That's what it sounds like. The Karen, Karen family. Yeah, they arrived as a massive amount of snow, 45 inches over a four-day period, blanketed the resort and surrounding areas. The couples purchased ski passes that included a liability disclaimer, which required acceptance of inherent risks and hazards. Yeah, so isn't every lift pass you ever get everywhere? Yeah, right. So they were on groomed trails, then went off-piste into an area on ski resort property, but unmaintained by equipment. But they decided to go off-piste on their own, right? They chose to. Your Honor, (laughs) they're out of order. You're out of order. This whole... Sorry, I had to... Standish's right knee collided with the top of a a six-and-a-half-foot-tall stump hidden by snow. Your right knee just doesn't collide. You hit something. A six-and-a-half-foot-tall tree that they're calling a stump. A stump. Yeah. Wow. They have a picture of it shown here, and their awful lawyer posted a picture of it. Their Better Call Saul lawyer posted a picture. <laughs> <laughs> he drove up in his Oldsmobile Buick and took that picture. Yeah. So the impact of the collision of Standish's right leg was catastrophic. He suffered multiple fractures requiring <laughs> surgery, a bone graft, and the insertion of 14 screws and two metal plates. And a lot and of is, tissues for all the and little And here. The is the part that was like the icing on the go fuck yourself cake. (laughs) Additional complications after surgery left Standish unable to work, forcing Uh the couple to sell their online apparel business. He had an online apparel business and could not work. Can't press the buttons to make the computer shit work. Huh? Like, and he still continues to suffer physical impairment from the leg trauma. Hmm. And then, no, this is, it's still, it still gets better at how awful these fucking people were. So then, um, where is it about the, what the wife, because she filed something too. Did you read that part? Loss of sexual services from her husband. Uh, I guess I don't think he can take her to pound town the way he used to. That's like the usual rider for the spouse to get that. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm now they're laid up with that leg and they don't do me anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're keeping this PC. We're not in the under the ropes. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. coming later. So the, the, the husband and wife filed a complaint against Jackson Hole in federal district court as both claimed losses. He sued for negligence while she sued for loss of consortium which encompasses harm to a couple's relationship. Boom. The stump was a focal point of pretrial discovery. The Jackson stump is a metaphor for his penis stump. not working. <laughs> it's that useless stump. This useless stump. Jackson Hole's risk safety and environmental manager acknowledged the tree had been cut, but didn't know when, why, or by whom. Leaving the stump at more than six feet, the manager surmised was likely to mitigate a winter hazard. Yes. In 2019, though, the stump was removed completely. It's a famous stump. You got to put that in a museum. That's right. The stump that took out the Standish. <laughs> standish removing stump. He, he's Siddish he now. <laughs> but you see, 
This is why uh, prices on lift tickets go up because yeah. there are specific, you know, riders in the back of them saying that, yeah, this is dangerous. Like you shouldn't be allowed to sue. You're taking on this responsibility on your own. And then of course these goddamn people come like, well, it's different for me, man. It's not fair. It happened to me, man. I'm going to sue you. And now Jackson holes, lift ticket prices are going to go up because they got to keep a whole freaking gaggle of lawyers on yeah. uh, retainer because people coming and suing because of that. And then it's like, it's just like, like nobody wins in this. Just the, the lawyers are the only ones who win in this scenario. They win Tommy Mo is not getting a raise this year because they got to pay a goddamn lawyer. That's right. How is that right? Tommy can't feed his kids. Tommy can't get that GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip this year. How is that right? That ain't right, man. Get lawyers rich and you're screwing over Tommy Mo. If you piss off Tommy Mo and screw him over, you're screwing over us and now you got a problem my friend that's right big problem he says f you and he goes to his big ski lair out in um out in alaska i said good day you have like a batman lair out there in alaska just be like screw the world i'm just gonna come up to alaska and ski just listen Kelly to volcano that's right. it well, didn't somebody oh, die there this year <clears throat> i have his, no idea uh, i think someone died in uh oh i think they did for drillo was- this year yeah it wasn't part of his, uh, his... Oh, but that was that big helicopter crash we talked about. The billionaire guy. Oh, drill who, uh, I think they were part of that, yeah. Oh, were they part of that or were they on their own? I th- I think they were part of the Tordrillo camp. Tell me well. Yeah. Again, I don't know how it works affiliation-wise, but I think they were you know part of the same resort, camp, however you want to call it. Ah. Uh, yeah, which sucks. That does suck. Yeah. Well, to celebrate the um, that last story, <laughs> I'm going to open my next apre beer. We were taking a little a little brief second apre here. Second apre because this is very uh, topical when it comes to that last article. So, do you have, do you have some sort of garbage beer? No, this is so. This was the one of the beers I got in the beer of the month this year. I mean, this month. Uh, loose boots, apre IPA. Oh, loose boots. You know what? That's the one you picked up. Rich, Rich had that. The one time we're in Jackson, you picked up some from for Rich. I can't get a good thing on this on the uh camera. Rich Rich brought those the one time when he was on the podcast. Yeah, that's a yummy beer. It's actually an apre IPA. So, yeah, it's like a session IPA, right? Yeah, very cool. Uh, Roadhouse Brewing. Um, it's got an 87 rating, which is not bad at all. Uh, Solid. It's a very good on uh, Beer Advocate. Uh, 4.7%. So this is perfect for Opre. Get a little bit in you. Um, not too hammering. Um, let's see. There you go. Keeping it light, keeping it fresh. Oh, this is good. A little malty. Um, the options open. I like it. A little bit of lemon, a little bit of pine in there, little hints. I could see this on an Apre day. Nice. Would it I could work see this well? after watching the Standishes plow into some trees. <laughs> 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 so this is the exact beer that I was, I was hey sitting there hey drinking. Babe. Hey, babe, can you uh, film me? Babe, a GoPro on? Film me, babe. Babe, film me. Here it comes. Right. Watch this. Watch this. Hey, everybody, as I'm drinking this, all right, shut up. I got to watch this guy do this. <laughs> He's going through the trees. Kaboom. Oh, 
Oh, he bit it. <laughs> it's going to leave that a mark. had to hurt. <laughs> That'll leave a mark. Yeah. All right. So le- speaking of leaving a mark, <laughs> it's an indoor ski slope in Lorton, which is Lorton, Virginia? Virginia. Virginia. Virginia, just south of Washington, D.C. on 95. Boom. To serve as Alpine X's flagship resort. So Alpine X is a, a developer of indoor ski and snowboard facilities, and they're building one in Lorton, and they're saying it's the they're using this as part of their plan to develop similar indoor sports venues across the U.S. Watch out, Big Snow. You might have to go bigger. Big Snow X. Bigger and longer. Taller and longer. Big Snow X. Big Snow X. So they're developers. They plan the indoor ski snowboard facility in Lorton. Uh, they're planning this similar in U.S. and Canada, which I'm like, ah, Canada doesn't have... They have a lot of hockey things. They have... What's the uh, what's the big one in Canada? It's uh, can hockey or something like that. Well, Canadian hockey thing. But no skiing things. Why not any skiing things? Because most we, places in Canada, you just go outside and ski like eight months of the year. But as we'll hear on the interview coming up. Oh, teaser. Not, not a lot of manufacturers of certain ski products as well. Um, this is true. It's going to serve as the flagship venue. They're spending $225 million dollars. Uh, called Fairfax Peak. It's going to have a lo- uh, luxury hotel, gravity-powered, gravity-powered mountain coaster, um, zip lines, food and beverage next to the facility, along with this big, big-ass ski resort, indoor ski resort. So um, they're aiming to expand to more than 20 other North American markets. Wow. So think about that as your business plan. You're like, yeah. We raised $225 million for this one resort, but we have plans to expand 20 more locations. I'm like, that's pretty cool. What's crazy about it too is, you know, think about, you know, if you were to do some research and look at, you know, shopping malls in America in the 70s, how many of them had movie theaters? How many of them had carousels? How many of them had those extra features? And now, you know, again, I don't know if they're building malls anymore. Probably not because they're, kind of an outdated structure, but there's, there's like a, a lot certain, of space from the department stores that you just chuck in a big ski resort right there. Well, that's the thing. Like there's like a certain expectation that a mall's it's got to have yeah, like a big carousel. It's got to have like a skating rink. And what if like the ski resort, the indoor ski resort is like the next must have for malls going forward. I think as a mall, you got to look at a place where people want to go and stay and hang out for a and while. Spend right? money, spend money. Where do people want to spend money? So you want certain amenities, like you want a ski thing. You want to, you want to be entertained. You want skiing. You don't want just movies. Movies are great if you want to sit there and eat and sit. But what if you want to be an active person, right? Ski resorts, perfect. You know? For sure. And so they're saying that they're going to have about, a, it's going to be 1,700 feet, the slope, and altitude of 280 feet. All right. I don't know if that's so that that's total vertical. I think big snow is what 170 or 180. Uh, that's our only point of reference. So I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, so pretty much. Big and snow. Another interesting uh, similarity to big snow, because if you're not familiar with big snow, it's in the Meadowlands in New Jersey, which is it's hilarious. They call it the Meadowlands. It used to be just a garbage dump that they just started building yes. on top of. And this same Alpine X spot 
is actually a capped landfill area too. Boom. Well, so it's just like they used to do with golf courses, right? Yeah. They'd be like, what do you do with this capped landfill? Let's put a nice ass golf course, right? Sod, everything. Yeah. So they already have it, which is actually going to help them build their vertical because they already have the garbage helping them pop it up, like prop it up. That's awesome. You know, if you ever want to make it more vertical, just pile more garbage on. Just more garbage. It up. How dare you? Dude, the big one is going to be, I'm telling you, the Arthur Kill X. <laughs> one of the world's largest. You're going to have like a whole like South Mountain, North Mountain. You're going to have like like different mountains. You have a a a a, a, a summit to summit, a peak to peak, like uh gondola. It's going to be everything there. That could actually be the Whistler Black Home of Garbage Ski Resorts. <laughs> that would be on freaking Island. awesome. <laughs> You know how much garbage you just pile right up there? If I get rid of the, not, get rid of the seagulls. <laughs> it's not like we're stopping creating garbage either. We keep no. making them bigger. What was the latest, right? There there was like and oddly enough, every every time you look it up, it's like they pick this beautiful, serene place and they're like, Yeah, that's a place. We're gonna chuck all the garbage there. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere and it's untouched. Like, let's just chuck our garbage there. It's like Wow. Like, really? Well, Staten Island is such a weird drive because there's that one part. I forget if, I forget if it's 440 or one of the highways that cuts over from New Jersey. Oh, there's the, um, shit. With, <sighs> it's definitely, you, you definitely go over 440, but I forget what you Outer go Bridge to. Crossing? Mm, I think so. I think it's I think Outer that's Bridge. 440. Yeah. Yeah. And you go over there and like everywhere you are before you get there is like just packed. Like there's like, buildings and houses and i mean you know it's very apartment it's all yeah and then all of a sudden you're driving and you're like why is there so much green here <laughs> and then you kind of look at it you're like oh it's all just garbage and they can't build anything here because they'll just collapse that through the garbage used to be the garbage yeah that's crazy yeah. like why is it so green and it's like you're like this is new york city because staten island is a new york city borough you're like this doesn't seem like new york city at all and it's not Central yeah. Park. Like, what's going on here? Garbage. Well, it's like they say, you know, New York City, they get their um, water from the Catskills. So it's great water. It just pours in. There's a ton of water that comes in. So it's like you take the water from here and then the waste and garbage over. goes over there. Like, it's got to, you know, it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. It's very strange. Where's the poop go? That's what you got to answer. Fresh Kills Park. That, like, whole area there. That's what it's called. Dude, I remember going there like to the dump when I was little because my parents, my dad was too cheap to pay for garbage. <laughs> so we had to truck that shit out. It was horrible. All the way to Staten Island? All the way to Staten Island once in a while. Well, we'd go if, like, if, if I was going with him working, because he did uh, carpet and we'd rip up car- old carpet and bring it out there. Take it and that's up. back when they didn't recycle. They were just like, nah, fuck it, chuck it. Chuck it next to the uh, two refrigerators there next to all the regular garbage. It's like, yeah, we got what's in that carpet there? Is that feet? I don't, you, you didn't see nothing. You didn't see, see nothing. nothing. Well, now it's funny, like, because metals are so expensive. They're like, no, no, put the refrigerator over there. We got to cut out all the copper, you know? Isn't that funny? Like, you, you pretty much garbage dumps are going to be your new, like, panty new for mine. It's, yeah. a, it's a mine, you know? Um, it's funny. They, they stopped. So down in Florida, I remember talking to my brother and he had 
I think it was a refrigerator or like, you know, one of those chest freezers that he was getting rid of just broke and he was going to put it out. And he said, no, the town said on the day that you're supposed to put it out, you got to put it out after a certain time because we're going to come and pick it up. So they wanted to coordinate it. And he was like, well, why do you want it? Like at that time, I can't put it out the day before. Like they're like, no, because what people do is they drive around, they cut out the copper and leave the shell there. (laughs) <laughs> and then the town goes to pick it up and it's literally just garbage and they can't recycle any of it. So I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. But then I told my brother, I'm like, so in an indirect way, they're saying we're going to charge you for bulk pickup because we're going to get money and we're getting money out of the recycling for that. I'm like, that's bullshit. You know? Yeah. Pretty ball. That, you know, it's gotta make it worth their time. Yeah, yeah exactly. But anyway, so 20 more of these going up. So I think we might see a big change in, in I guess, the availability of skiing. And when you, when you think about it, right, like you fly into most big ski towns and you fly in and then you got to drive like about an hour, hour and a half to where you go ski, right? Sometimes two hours, sometimes less, um, or you take a... a you know, a bus or something to the resort the next day. Um, I wonder if this will usher in like people saying, I don't want to deal with that. That's, that's in the wilderness. I want to just drive 45 minutes outside of where I live or a half hour or take a train or subway or some kind of mass transit and, and just ski and go home. You know, you're going to get a little bit of both. I think, yeah, I think people are going to, you're going to have, again, like, we talked about when we had a hue on last year for, from big snow, mm. you're that's where you're going to build your base up. That's where people are going to start, you know, as kids getting their, their, their familiarity, their legs underneath them, going to these local small indoor places. And then they're going to want to go out to the, you know, to the Breckenridges, to the Whistlers, to the Tahoes to go ski the, you know, the real places. So yeah, it's and a I great feeder spot. Yes. I mean, think about this even near a ski town. Right. So people are skiing on the big hill all day. Well, what if you came with a big group and you're you're just learning, right? There's still a place for it. Yeah, but I think the majority of people are gonna do it in the summertime. You know, right. they, times when you can't go outside. Yeah. But the fact that we can actually like, you know, we've become the masters of our domain that we actually can control this and build these. Like it's like controlling the environment. It's crazy. It's so cool. And again, like I I don't think I think there's going to be a time where we do see like a massive hill indoor. Maybe not now, maybe not in 10 years, maybe in 20, 30 years. It's going to be like the skyscraper race, right? Where they're going for the bigger hill. Like, Oh no, ski Dubai now is the size of Whistler. Um, you know, big snow, they, they increase now. They're like the size of the empire state. Building. there's, there's a, a runoff the empire state building. Yeah. Right. Like that would be pretty, Crazy. Like you're like gamifying your whole your whole city now. You're changing your skyline. Yeah, you're like you're bringing the mountains to the city, which is I think is think about a awesome. major skyscraper with synthetic synthetic base caged in where you can ski around an entire skyscraper. How cool that is! Incredible, right? You're turning the world into crashed ice. This is why I don't have money because I would make that happen. <laughs> it would be terrifying and beautiful at the same time. <laughs> You'd be like, it's like the movie Frozen. You're pretty much like Elsa, just like creating all these like frozen worlds. Exactly. And people are like, why did you do that? But it's awesome at the same time. 
Awesome doesn't mean good. It means you're in awe. That's it, right? So this is true. It could be positive or negative. The awe. It depends. Well, speaking of positive awe and awesome, we're going to roll into our main topic. And we had an awesome conversation with the folks from Paradise Skis. We chatted with Adam, Cam, and Becky, who are the core team there. They started out 2020, the year of the pandemic, with a, a new ski company. They're based out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. They've got three skis out right now. Well, two skis and a split board. Check them out at paradiseskis.com. And we hope you enjoy the conversation. Cam, Becky, and Adam, Paradise Skis. We have some very special guests this week. We have the crew, Becky, Adam, and Cam from Paradise Skis. Thank you guys for joining us and welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So can you guys tell us a little bit? We have the delayed studio audience. We have the delayed studio audience. It's hot. It's sweating right now. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about you guys, what you do, and Paradise Skis? Sure. We're a new ski company. Um, we're out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, Cam and I started it up in 2020, kind of out of the pandemic. Uh, we added Becky pretty much right away. Um, handles all the marketing and all the social media stuff that as engineers we're not too good at. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And we just, we kind of saw an opportunity, um, you guys, I'm sure, know the microbrewery scene kind of exploded, and that kind of led into micro ski companies, I guess, in the states in a lot of ways. And that hadn't really happened in Canada yet, so we uh, we thought, hey, what a good good opportunity for us here. Microbrews and micro skis that goes perfectly together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, uh, we're the only only ski company in our whole province, and uh, one of the very few in uh, Western Canada and the Rockies uh, at all. So. That just seems uh, so insane to me that an area that has probably some of the best skiing on the planet that you guys are the only or the first ones in your province. It was insane to us too. (laughs) (laughs) We looked around and we're like, what's, what's going on here? You know, Alberta has four and a half million people and uh, we didn't have a ski company and some of the biggest mountain terrain like in the world really. Seriously. Yeah. So first slice of that uh that pie competing with the big dogs. <laughs> there you go, right? Not, so well, not we, like the East Coast where it's just ice and mud, right, Brian? Yeah, you guys have actual snow powder, which, you know. Yeah. We're very envious of. Then again, we do have big snow, which is the only 365 day ski resort in North America. It is indoors, 180 feet of vertical, but we do have it. So it's something, right? Because yeah. and, and what's funny, we talked to the, some of the folks from Big Snow and we're like, well, how long is it going to be till we have like an indoor Whistler Blackcomb somewhere? Because it sounds crazy the, now. The most That's- interesting thing is going to be going to a football game after or before going skiing. See, we can do that here. Uh, the CFL runs until November and it's probably, nice. you know, you sit in the cold and you could probably come home from skiing and then go to a football game. Perfect. Look at that. See? I like that. See? And Mario, you were talking about your uh, your uh, stepson maybe going to school. I think he it's maybe Saskatchewan. going right? to Wilcox, Saskatchewan. Woo! So he got it to Notre Dame up there. So uh, Congratulations. he's looking to, looking to be a hound. So we'll see. <laughs> maybe not this year. We're, we're thinking of holding him one more year because Corona is like crazy. We're, we're supposed to go next month. So um, got to visit the family. My wife's from 
she's from Winnipeg. So oh, nice. go Jets. <laughs> yeah. we okay, we're divided. Now. We're divided. This, yeah. this yeah. is a flame. Yeah. Hey, I'm an Islander fan, and and Brian's a. I'm a, a Penguins fan, fan, so we hate each other right now, and I hate him way more right now. <laughs> we're battling it out. <laughs> hey, I, mean, I called that, it in six, Brian. That play that. that that play that Jari made in overtime was just. I mean, I could have I could have made a better outlet pass than that. <laughs> But neither here nor there at the moment. Um, so what was your guys' inspiration? I know we kind of talked about you saying that there's, there was no ski company in your province. What was your inspiration? And was there like a single moment that made you go, all right, tomorrow we're starting this company. We're building our own skis. So Cam and I are both mechanical engineers. Um, we've been into skiing since we were, you know, could walk basically. Um, since your first mullet. Since the first mullet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've been, Cam had been designing ski equipment for his like honors right in university. Um, I've been applying to ski companies as a new grad, like K2, anyone who would take an application basically. Um, and then we kind of sold out and went into oil and gas anyway. <laughs> 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 Gotta keep uh, the lights on. That's it. Yeah. So we always kind of had this idea uh, to start a company and uh, we've, we've been living together for a few years. Um, and then the pandemic, you know, hit us and we both went work from home, you know, so we you know, don't tell our full-time job bosses, I guess, but, you know, we had a lot more time on our hands than normal. I hear you. <laughs> and, uh, we don't say a word about that. <laughs> yeah. and, you also uh, like blur your faces and like change your voices too. That'll work. Yeah. Do the silhouette with the, I used to have a ski company. and. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we still have our jobs, but um, to pay for everything. But yeah, so the pandemic hit, we had time and we kind of put those plans into action, I guess. Nice. That's very cool. So when did you guys make your first pair of skis? I mean, I'm, you know, you guys have the uh, the mechanical engineering background and you guys said you started in 2020, but was there like a couple of years ago? Did you ever just like play with it, just try to build something and, and actually take it out there and ski on it? So my first design was actually snowboard bindings is what I, I started working with. And then I did a few projects in school um, designing kind of different composite composite layups for, for snowboards, so ski and boards. So I was, uh, I was playing around with those things in university. And then uh, we designed up the, the prototypes um, basically over the summer. And then we got them made for the fall there. So we dove right in and uh, we worked with the... Our manufacturer uh, very helpfully kind of held our hand through a few uh, <laughs> few of the rough parts of the design and stuff that we uh, needed help with. But um, yeah, so our first first actual getting on the skis was uh, late November, I think. Eh? Yeah, twenty five. Wow. So, so how was that moment? Was that like a really like surreal moment when you got on the skis that you designed and actually took them took them down a hill? It was scary. <laughs> I can imagine, like, am I going to snap my my leg right now, or is everything yeah. going to be cool and they're going to be great skis, right? We had already sold a few pairs and, like, you know, just pre-sold family and friends, and uh, of course we we thought they'd be good, but you didn't really know until you got on them. And so we got on them, and it was a kind of a huge relief for me, anyway. That's awesome. Um, the skis are actually pretty rad, and we all enjoy skiing them now. So yeah. You think of like that Wright Brothers first flight thing where they just kind of go and they crash, right? Like that's running through your mind probably like this is the first test. We, you know, set the expectation low, right? But yeah. did yeah, you guys we, have – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kim. 
we, we kind of blew, blew our own expectations out of the water. Like we, yeah. we knew they'd be pretty good skis, but uh, we're getting some really good reviews and even for ourselves, like yeah. our old skis are now in the trash uh, <laughs> quite quickly. And now uh, we're, we're That's awesome. And yeah, it's, uh, we're excited for the next year uh, as we mm-hmm. get some more prototypes and stuff uh, built up for the summer here. Yeah. Did you guys- Adam- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Becky. I was just going to say like Adam and I like, had chatted in the fall about um, the company a bit. And I was like, oh, okay, guys, yeah, you made a ski, like, a little hesitant. And then I got on them in January, and I was like, oh, dang, guys, these are actually pretty good. Like, <laughs> this is sweet. So it was, like, pretty fun to jump on with them. But, yeah, it's, like, surprising. And now we, like, try to get all our friends ripping on them and our parents and everything. So it's been pretty sweet. That's, That's awesome. so cool. And did you guys have any prototypes that you had to build out before you you went? Because I know you guys have pretty much two skis right now, right? The red and the blue. Yeah. Um, was there is there like a, a handmade prototype you have to make before you take it to the manufacturer to build in, in bulk? So that's what we're going to start doing, um, partly because of the pandemic, partly because of uh, us wanting to kind of launch this winter. We, instead of prototyping anything, we took a look at every other ski we kind of wanted to be like and kind of Frankenstein it together um, out of existence. So we just, Cam and I kind of had uh, quite a few weeks there where we just tried as many skis as we could. Nice. And took those aspects of it and kind of fed it into SolidWorks, our 3D modeling program, and came up with what you see now, like on the website, which was our, our first design. So that that was part of the anxiety around it is uh, we never really did a, did a big prototyping phase this year. Wow. So yeah. what do you think about a highfalutin ski bum ski? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> we got a cool logo. We look kind of cool. Maybe collaborate with Brian. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a designer by trade. Brian on the tail. <laughs> right? An orange ski. That'd be the orange ski. Well, one yeah. orange ski, one blue ski. Yeah, that's right. One and one. Yeah. <laughs> Now, how does see? I'm still fascinated by the whole manufacturing process. So, you know, how many different materials? Um, actually, let's not even scrap that that question. So, where are you guys doing your manufacturing now? Is it local? Is it overseas? So it is overseas. Um, we kind of went through a phase where we had to interview a ton of factories. Cam and I really early identified the first way to fail as a ski company is to start your own factory right away. Um, Big like upfront cost, right? Huge upfront cost and huge quality control issues. So we, we actually started calling around pretty much a lot of, you know, guys in the industry. Um, and I kind of want to show Jason Leventhal. I, he yeah, was on your podcast. Yep. Yeah. Called him. That's some good advice for us. Like, Very cool. Super good industry. Guys are super willing to, like, give us some advice. Um, and, yeah, biggest piece was don't start a factory. Go find an existing factory and do the designs because they'll, they'll help you through a lot of the pitfalls. Um yeah, so we, we talked to Moment, we talked to Never Summer, we talked to uh, Fatipus and we, uh, Folsom, uh, who else? Yeah. Seago Skis, just kind of interviewed all these uh, founders of the companies and they were all really easy to work with. Um, and then the one guy we did get good vibes from was the Liberty. Um, and Jared over there, he sort of... In inadvertently, we'd already stumbled upon this factory, but uh, he had such good things to say about his factory, and uh, we ended up going with them after some more, some more interviewing and sort of pricing out. Um, so our factory, uh, it's called. Uh, are, we, are we allowed to say? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> hey, it's your call. If you want to keep it secretive. Yeah, 
we're we're out of the same factory as some of the some of the bigger brands uh, that you guys would be familiar with in the states. Um, yeah. Several of the the sort of Colorado, uh, Idaho kind of base brands are all manufactured out there, and then uh, as well a couple of the East Coast brands that aren't made in Canada or in Europe. So yeah, yeah, I know it's cool that everybody's willing to work with you and collaborate. Right, like they're very help. They're, seems like everybody was pretty helpful. Yeah. yeah, surprisingly, actually, we thought. Uh, it would be a little bit more hostile, but you get the hangups, right? <laughs> uh, just one. We won't say who, but uh, they they came back with a nasty email saying, "I've worked for ten years for this," and then an hour later, they said, "Not just going to tell you, right?" Sorry, right. Like, yeah. Here's here's some more basic advice, but I can't give away everything. <laughs> yeah. So we wow. said that. And so yeah, no, they were pretty good. If you want to say what the brand rhymes with, you can do that. <laughs> oh yeah, we could trash without them. calling no, them out. No, no, no. Sounds bad like <laughs> right. You want to put positivity into the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So how like how is it then picking the materials you want to use for the ski? Is it kind of something that's it's boilerplate or is it something you have to that's what kind of is like the secret sauce is whether you have, you know, different levels of wood or carbon or fiberglass? Part of it is honestly what continent you're based out of. Um, you're going to have different options to materials. So being uh, overseas in China is where our skis are made. Um, you kind of have a certain selection of woods available to you. That you know, sure you can import anything, but you know your costs are going to go up. So you kind of want to use what's local around the area your factory is as a start. Um, and then from there, you do get into a bit more of the secret sauce. Um, everyone's going to have carbon fiber. Everyone's going to have um, kind of the same plastics available to them, but it's how you combine them. Um, in in terms of the flex of your ski and what's what's actually in the in the guts of it. Um, there's, there's lots of ways to bake a cake, I guess. So you could get the same feeling ski from mixing and matching different materials. Um, so I, I would say there's a lot of, a lot of ways to make a good ski and a lot of ways to make a bad ski, but in the general sense, there's a lot of ways to make the same ski almost. So I mean, uh, yeah, like we, we had fun choosing materials and there's all sorts of different things you can get into with triaxial carbon fiber versus quad axial or even just going with biaxial yet different properties but then if you change the thickness of your core by one millimeter you, you have to re, restart from scratch so yeah. uh, that's what i was surprised you we said you didn't it. prototype because yeah you think like yeah. there'd be so many different varieties and so many like i said different ways to make the cake you put a little bit more poplar in there or a little bit less carbon fiber to get a, a different feel yeah, our, our manufacturer was able to do a few different core prototypes up for us because that's that's where the meat and potatoes are, and they they worked out a few like they didn't get the flex profile that we were after right on the first one either. So we said, here's what we think we want, here's what we've designed, and then we were able to kind of tune it in, uh, kind of with them. So, but I guess you design it, and then it really depends how it reacts based on the materials, right? So it's kind of like you could make the same design with different material, have a totally different ski, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's a lot of trial and error, I imagine. It is. And that's why we kind of had them hold our hand a bit on this, this first batch. Um, just to, especially to launch 2020. I don't think we're going to go a year without prototyping again. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> we can handle it <laughs> mentally and physically, but, uh, yeah. Well, it if was, you need help prototyping, you let Brian and I know we might be able to help out. Like yeah. I said, big snow 365. I can go test out anything, any, any yeah. day you need. 
I'm working remote now. I could, you know, be in Canada, you know, sneak across the border. There's a Lobo I know <laughs> in Dakotas that might be able to get me across. Yeah. Come up, uh, visit your son in Saskatchewan there. And we're yeah. like, we'll hop away, you know? Yeah. Hey, I'm thinking about renting out a place, like, because I'm going to be going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Same Banff. Yeah. Same Banff, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. Yeah, so. Yeah. Do you got who do you guys have as your uh, your skier target audience right now? So our our skis right now we've got two skis and one splitboard. Uh, so the skis uh, we've got one backcountry specific super light all, uh, full carbon ski, and that's obviously geared to your your backcountry skier who's looking for a ski that performs well uh, but is light enough to get get you up on the uphill without any problems. Um, and at the same time, it's not going to be a terrible chattery uh, mess on the way down. Um, so that's our, our kind of advanced, not a mountaineering ski, not a skimo ski, but your, your average backcountry skier. And then our, our other ski, the red ski, the all mountain one, uh, it's targeted for kind of the advanced intermediate uh, free ride skier. So it's not a full twin tips, not a park ski. Um, it carves amazingly well for ripping groomers, but it also has a lot of fun in uh, in your knee deep powder days and things like that. So yeah. it's uh, kind of anywhere in between there. And we wanted to capture a wide audience with our, our all mountain ski. And the other thing that's pretty interesting too, is we're gender neutral. So we're not targeting like a specific gender as well. So we have people that are, you know, girls, guys, and everything in between ripping on these skis, which is pretty neat. And I kind of refer to it as the ultimate dad chasing ski. So I have a lot of fun because my dad just goes through the trees and he's just like, <laughs> you know, like the old style skier. And these like, these are the only things I can keep up to him with. So that's pretty sweet too, to just yeah. have that kind of connection as well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was checking out the skis and I get, you know, I've, I'm, I actually did a ski tour back in March with my sister out in Colorado and I'm looking for a pair of, of backcountry skis. And I saw your guys, the blue, and I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. 104, like the, the specs of it were like perfect. Cause again, I was looking at other, a bunch of other brands and it was like, oh, those are too wide. Those are too narrow. I'm like, this just seems perfect. Yeah. We made like Goldilocks. Brian's a little, you know, Hey, I'm a man who demands perfection. I will not settle. I shan't. You shouldn't. Right? Life's too short. That's yeah. right. But yeah, we made them. We made the skis, especially this year, so they could appeal to virtually any ski conditions and any type of person, really. Um, the one place we maybe need to improve is we have a bunch of friends who are six feet. Cam and I are both relatively short. Um, <laughs> yeah and we didn't even we didn't uh build a 190 <laughs> ski this year but that's it the melon big and fat right yeah. the tall, tall and fat yeah so that that's probably where an area of growth for us is uh appealing to our bigger buddies and... for a 400 pound ski do you have skis for that <laughs> <laughs> somebody that's big and girthy somebody that's... Might, need, uh, might need a specially designed chairlift for that like an, like an andre the giant ski <laughs> well, with COVID now, he rides a lift by himself, so it's okay. This is true. <laughs> so what were some of the biggest challenges that you guys faced in this year, especially with starting a new business? I know you guys probably had like a million obstacles, like you said, trying to figure out your manufacturing, like the actual the, the prototyping, them sending you the right one. Like what was the biggest challenges you guys faced? 
So the big ones right at the start were shipping and manu- like you said, manufacturing. Um, all the cost of materials went up. Shipping rates were through the roof um, pretty much across the board, getting skis to North America and then getting them to our customers. And then on the marketing side, we had a huge challenge. Yeah, this year was pretty nuts, especially like starting up because we couldn't do any demo days. Like we couldn't get on the hills and That's be true. Fine, right. Like, so any events that we could normally throw were gone. So what we ended up doing was obviously like within the restrictions of our province and everything is we ended up throwing a lot of um, like apre barbecues in the parking lot. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Up like that. Putting our logo up, blasting some tunes, and just like trying to get people to just chat with us was essentially. So, what actually became really big for us was word of mouth marketing this year. And just, yeah. I mean, like, shout out to everybody locally too. Like, we had so, so much fun with people in the industry here, and they were just so happy to help us. So, that really helped too. But yeah, it was, it was nuts. Like, honestly, trying to come up with like creative ways to keep people engaged with us was yeah. insane because the normal things just didn't work this year. Yeah, we were yeah. dropping skis off. Uh, you know, we'd organize demos over Instagram and, yeah. or, you know, social media, however we could. Drop them off at people's houses, give them to them for a couple of days. No collateral on our end. Yeah. But just like, just take them. Just you know, we know where you live. Yeah, man. I know where you live. Of, <laughs> yeah, like I was just thinking, like, what else could you do besides give stuff yeah. away? Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. like the, you had to be very creative, like you said. Yeah, no, it was, it was quite the thing. And like, yeah. Just there's a couple other local organizations that popped up this year and we're just like, hey, you guys are in the same boat. Let's do this. Right. And it it worked for all of us. But yeah, quite a crazy year. Did you find it was like more of a think tank that you were locked down during COVID? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Like, Because you can't go out and like run around like because everybody's schedule is going to get super busy now and you're going to be pulled. I got to go here. I got to there. Now you're like central. So in a way, did that help? You know? I think we probably skied more than we normally would even um, just getting out in that way. Um, normally you'd have weekend plans and birthdays and weddings yeah. and stuff to attend. And- <laughs> uh, dude, Sorry, I, I used COVID go. as an Gotta excuse ski. to skip everything. I'm not going to a graduation and I know my sister doesn't live, uh, doesn't listen to the, the podcast. So I'm like, yeah, I'm skipping his graduation because I'm getting the dog room. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. that doesn't come back to get me, but... Yeah. <laughs> I just got my own graduation, so I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. That's awesome. And how is it for you guys? Like, so what's your um your home mountain? Is it Banff? Yeah, Banff. So Sunshine, Lake Louise, uh, Norquay are kind of our big three. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're all the big three uh, up here. Yeah. Um, and then we, Cam and I, usually get into like whitefish a lot. We get into uh, Fernie, Revelstoke, Red. Um, pretty much all the Western Canada resorts we try to strike out to. I'd say I've never actually been to Whistler, and I, that might surprise some people. But uh, like, you know, yeah, Alberta skiing is a lot different than I think the West West Coast. You know, you'd have to pass Revelstoke to get to it. So in a way, why would you? Bother? Why would you pass it? Right. Yeah. I mean, pre Vale Whistler was awesome. So yeah. I got a short Post list. If you're ever on the East Coast, yeah. you got to try Camelback and Shawnee. Yeah. Those are two. <laughs> no, don't even. <laughs> I haven't even heard of it. Tiny little mountains. And you shouldn't have. Yeah, you yeah. shouldn't have. It's like it's it's pretty much the out places these that are I'm like what? <laughs> it's the places that are like two hours from New York City. So everyone from New York and New Jersey goes to them. There's like 750 feet of vertical. It's crowded. Terrible. It's icy. You're but if you're looking for somebody to try out Jersey, 
<laughs> if you're looking for a 4XL to try out some skis, that's where you'll find them. Hey, like, what do the kits look like down there? Is there a lot of fur? Like, what's going on? <laughs> it's a lot of like uh, a lot of starter jackets and jeans. You know, jeans. It's, it's a scene. Yeah. Jeans, yeah. leather jackets. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a tough sell, guys. <laughs> you're telling us. I, I did take my son to one of those places a bunch. I have a little three-year-old, and I've taken him like four or five times this year to learn there, which was awesome. Again, it's like for that sort of scene, it's perfect. It's perfect for learning. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I was, you know, a little snobby now. I've been to some I've been fancy places. To to Whitefish, but it's like so hard to get to. There's no, no airport near there. You got to drive. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, so kind of special we were. Uh, like we're five hours away. Uh, yeah. Door to door right here. Um, and that's totally feasible for a weekend trip, you know, like. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ski Whitefish a ton. And yeah, no crowds there. Like it's pretty pretty chill place it's obviously if you've been you know how special white fish is nice we haven't but it's actually on our very short list for this upcoming season yeah, it's worth going to hey that's yeah. good yeah yeah it's one um, it's, so, it's one of my top goals for this season we'll see so could you guys actually get there this year with restrictions no no right yeah. the border's been locked down pretty much for a year now for us so yeah. we're that's, is, that's where we were when they locked the border yeah. <laughs> oh really we were on a ski trip going down into Whitefish on a bus together, actually. And, uh, yeah, we all get this news update, like, border is closed or whatever. <laughs> you know, so we would have to quarantine when we come back, and we're all freaking out. Like, are we going to be able to get home? Are we able to keep going on the ski trip? We were, like, two hours away from the U.S. border. As uh, wow. COVID It was cool. And then we had the last – yeah, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a story, at least, right? Yeah. My son, my son was in Whistler that same time, and we're like, "You got to get the hell home." Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. a stepdad. He was with his dad, and we're like, "No, you got to get home now." Like, like yeah. they're closing the border, dude. Yeah, I was in Florida. It's fun. So same thing. My friends were calling me. They're like, "It's time to get home." Like, yeah. But we just got some fresh pow. So did you guys actually right. go to, to Whitefish then, or did you have to turn around? We did. It, we had, so sorry, Becky wasn't there, but Cam was there. We had a we had a big blowout. Like we knew the world was changed, basically, <laughs> and the bars were closing at kind of at the end of the week. Oh, the last two days of Whitefish and just oh, it was an unbelievable party. Like holy cow, <laughs> ships going down. You better party it up while you can. <laughs> we did. Lockdowns. I coming. remember going out drinking Wednesday, and then it was Monday. I don't know what happened. <laughs> That's what it was like. Yeah, Think about if they open everything up and they were going to lock down again, it's going to be pandemonium. Yep. Oh, yeah. Be crazy. We, uh, we're, we're big fans of Calgary Stampede, uh, which just got the go today. So, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a big, big blowout. We're going to be about a couple days out of restrictions, and I think that'll be a big one. Yeehaw. Nice. Oh, it is happening this year? Yeah. It just announced may, four hours ago. Yeah. I may be there. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm putting that back on the list. They yeah. just announced the uh, the NFL is going to have. I think uh, only two stadiums are not going to have full capacity in the fall. So nice. well, you know, positive things are happening. Getting excited yeah. now. And that's well, what I, and my wife's back, been raving about the stampede for a while. So, <laughs> oh, so, good. so yeah, I'm going to go back in time ten minutes. The reason why I asked about what where you guys usually ski is is was it awesome with no Americans there this year? I miss the Americans. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> It's always fun getting the stories from you guys on the chairlifts. The thing that kind of was hard and like sad about this year is we couldn't ride the chairlifts together. So 
you didn't realize like how much of a weird social that was in some ways and yeah. just chatting to any like random stranger on the chairlift like that wasn't a thing here like you had to ride up with your cohort or by yourself yeah. wow one, one thing we did miss- just look at the next person next to you and be like yeah we're brothers that's it i don't care if he's 10 feet in black that's fine um that's my brother we're riding the chairlift together we're Keep all god's going. children Keep it going let's go fire it up <laughs> so was it actually did you was it like a big capacity difference this year that you guys saw um yes and no uh yes because like the total number of people was less but since you have to ride chairlifts like either by yourself or with two people three people whatever it was the the lineups were just insane um okay for us. Wow. So, yeah, because you're not maxing out the chairs and kind of cranking people out as fast so, as possible, right? So it felt like the busiest season ever, um, but I'm sure the actual like total number of people going to the ski hills wasn't as high. What we did notice is uh, Cam and I are big backcountry skiers, and the backcountry was packed. Yeah. Yes. I think they were saying that there was more backcountry deaths in North America this year, by like almost double than last year. Because, again, a lot of people were going out there. A lot of people didn't know what they were doing. And a lot of people paid the price because of that. Because there was a lot of those big dumpings, especially in like Colorado and um, was it was it I think Montana or Idaho. There's a couple other Montana, places, but mostly Colorado had it, at least yeah. down in the states. Yeah. yeah, we we saw a lot of that here too. Mm-hmm. Um, we had really high winds this year, like uncharacteristically high winds, so that really threw the <laughs> threw the stuff for a loop. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was a, it was a weird year for that, for sure. Um, so, so now that you guys, you've got your first year under your belt, you know, I'm sure you've learned a ton of lessons. Is there anything you guys are ready to change up or tweak for this upcoming season in terms of your product line and how you guys are going to proceed? Yeah. So the product line for next year is going to be the same. Um, we've kind of decided to go to two year cycles for skis, which is probably a bit different. Um, Shapes, I don't think a lot of brands don't change their shapes too much. They change their graphics a lot of the time and raise the price and raise the price. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So we're trying to change that up as well and just go to a two year product cycle. So everything will be the same for next season. Um, But then we do, we are planning for 2022, 23 already. So we're actually working on those designs right now um, just so we can get those prototypes out. Uh, for the fall here and try to ski season on them. So, oh, very now cool. You said you interviewed or applied at K2. Now, let's say you guys are successful and you buy K2. <laughs> yes. How many people you fire in the first day? <laughs> first day one. Oh, Look boy. at me. I'm the CEO now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll fire the, Is that a dream? Maybe from seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing a full review of the HR department that saw my resume and didn't hire me. There you go. Right. Like, who's this guy? I need this guy. You're in HR. Like, who's this person? Go full Vince McMahon. You're fired. <laughs> we got a special town hall today. We're going to fire this guy in front of everybody. Awesome. <laughs> If, uh, we'll, we'll throw some promotions in there. Whoever suggested the bringing back the retro K two lineups and things like that, make and stay. So I know you guys. You got your uh, your line out now. You got the red, the blue, and you got your green split board. Do you guys have down the road like a dream collaboration you want to do? Because I know when I talked to Jay Leventhal, that's you know he was talking about you know they've done some cool skis from different artists, and he wants to do something with Wu Tang. How about you guys? Do you have a dream collab? Oh, Wu Tang would be good. I was gonna say we 
we're already working with Boomtang a little bit, which is kind of fun. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. Boomtang, yeah, like, yeah. Which I don't know if you guys have heard of out of this area too, but it's a girls collective. But um, how about Lil Nas X, Lil Yachty? <laughs> yeah, who are those guys? Boomtang. is Wu Tang. I don't know. One of the big things that like I've been talking to the boys about, which would be super fun, is there's a the goggle company and the ski- eyewear company, Sun God. So I always think Sun God and Paradise would be pretty sweet. Yeah, mm, nice. whole brand is kind of based around that like spring skiing vibe, you know, kind of beach day on skis. So kind of collabing with uh, a company like that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as an artist go, I haven't really thought about that side too much. Um, yeah, there's a few Calgary artists that are, are for, sort of fairly famous within the, the Rocky Mountain area here that uh, have done other ski company brands and they do some murals and things like that. So locally, we've got lots of artists. I think that would be fun to work with. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like a dream collab for myself, like there's a few pros uh, I won't, won't name drop right now, but uh, that I've got my eye on if we were ever big enough to, to kind of have them drop their own sponsor and come over with us. And uh, like some of those guys deserve their own skis. Uh, and there's a handful of skiers out there that, of course, have their own. But there's a lot of guys that uh, you put their name on a ski and people are going to want to buy it. So that'd be fun for us, too. And as we grow. How That's about cool the thing. best hockey player ever, Vladimir Putin? <laughs> 10 goals every year on Wade Gretzky has nothing on Vladimir Putin yeah I don't think I can say no on the internet so yeah <laughs> I mean we have I don't know if you've seen his most recent video we scored like 10 goals in a game against plenty so, of ex-hockey I think Pavel Bure was on the same team and he I had like maybe somebody an shatter him like glass and then I just that's it that's Mario who said that. I, for Gula. one, love to see Putin's love to magical see hockey performances. <laughs> I want to see him with a mullet, too. Yeah. Uh, it's uncanny. Yeah, Vladimir. Best hockey player in the world. Who would have thought? Right? Well, Machine. I, I heard they tied North Korea for the championships. <laughs> oh, nice. That would be perfect. That's the Mighty Ducks 4. <laughs> Like Russia versus North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon <Yeah>. Bombay. Vladimir <laughs> Putin. That's right. Yeah. All right, guys. So anything else you guys want to tell us about Paradise? Anything else you're working on? And where can people follow you and send you money and buy your skis? Yeah, check us out, paradiseskis.com. Um, we're out of Calgary. You know, if you're ever in town, look us up. <laughs> you know, we're on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram's probably our uh, busiest one right now. Um, yeah, if you want to if you want to try a ski that's kind of g- going to be good in any conditions and give a give a new brand a try. Um, yeah, look us up. Support and local businesses. Angel, and if you're yeah. an angel investor, you could always send them like a few Bitcoin. That works too, right? Yeah. It never hurts. Do you I guys accept along. Bitcoin now? We might have to start pretty quick here. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wants to donate, you know, just, you know. <laughs> we have to figure out what it is. At least, at least I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all okay. yeah, we are, we're finally entering retail for next year. So if you're in the local Calgary or Canmore area, there'll be a couple shops. We'll be promoting uh, our grand openings probably uh, in the fall here and things like that. But yeah, for now, our main business will just be online and yeah check us out and we appreciate you guys taking the time today it's been awesome yeah. our Very pleasure cool. thank you guys for for taking time to tell us your story and to to share your vision and uh we're excited for you guys anything we do to help promote it just 
Happy to do yeah. so. We'll be telling everybody we know. Adam, Cam, Paradise Skis. Check them out. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Take care. We hope you enjoyed that. We'll have links to their website, socials, in the show notes that you can check out at skibumpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Follow us on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Untapped. Go to your favorite podcasting app, rate and subscribe. If you want to hit us up with an email, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the interview. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay gluten. See ya.